For much of written history, world events followed charted routes. Oracles and seers mapped out the future in the stars above, and their prophecies always gave a reliable view of the ages to come. Until a god died a century ago. No one saw that coming, and now the old prophecies are failing. Oracles go mad and seers desperately try to account for the loss of the future. While some cry out that the world is at an end, they've been doing so for a hundred years now, and the world is still here. It's just unclear where things are going. The future of Galarian is open, ready to receive the triumphs and failures of a new generation of heroes. Welcome to Rise of the Rune Lords. When we left off last time, you had just finished defeating the Lamia clerics of Lamashtu and their dragon pets. And then you did a little bit of investigation slash looting, burned a uh, set of unholy scrolls. That were then set on fire, if I recall. Yes, that would have been implied by burning, which was the active word in that sentence. I think I'm going to start paying attention now. That would be a good idea. It would be appreciated. Uh, you can probably get through without it. Uh, many players of many games don't pay attention and still manage to survive somehow. So that's what happened. What are you doing now? I'd like to check up on our dwarven friends. What about the halfling? Uh, I've got a little bit of a Lamia love and that I don't want to show anymore. I managed to get the claws at me pretty good. How much are you down? 40. Somehow you see a fire elemental roll his eyes. That's talent. If an Allosaurus can shrug, why can't a fire elemental roll his eyes? So is that a no? No, it's not a no. Get over here. Pretty decent rolls. If it wasn't so close to, you know, half, wouldn't be a big deal. That's fine. That's good. Thank you. Hopefully we'll be engaged in situations where I won't have to run around like a crazy hooligan and, uh, I'll uh, leave myself so wide open. Any objections to checking up on uh, the former prisoners? No, Moran's going with you. Yeah, I'll go with you too. Might as well. I didn't think we saw anything else back there when we were chasing down the, the Lamia, did we? Uh, was there anything where the dragons came from? Uh, I don't think there was, because I think we dragged the bodies out from there. I think Furtive Pseudo searched it with us. Is that correct? It did look like the tunnels kept going back further. Just FYI for later. Yeah, the tunnels definitely keep going back further. Yeah. Marcus, you are in a passageway that widens here into cylindrical cavern. The walls black with soot and scorch marks. Finn has gone off on his own. Ah, oh, fuck. Just a little bit. <laughs> So, Finn, you were at the intersection of uh, hallways past where the dragons were chained up. Uh, you see three passages. Well, technically four. The one you came from. Another passage that doubles back just parallel to it, it seems. And then a split off into two different directions. The one to the north, you can kind of see into most of the way. And then the one to the south, you've got a pretty good vision of. A ramp ends here at the cave entrance 
that opens into the underground complex where you are exploring. There's bone-strewn floor of a pit that sprawls before it, and a smoldering brazier sits in an alcove just to the right of the entrance. So you can kind of see light coming from there. I I do see something uh, to the northwest of me as well. Some kind of light source, maybe. Yeah. The walls of this cave are painted with red, yellow, brown, and black figures, among which are apparent images of giants, mammoths, elks, deer, and wervin. Others are harder to figure out. Ogres, perhaps? Or giant children? Maybe humans. The dwarves are very clear, with beards and tiny axes being crushed under the enormous giant feet. A simple oil lantern hangs here and lights a small altar at the far end of the cavern. A modest offering of antlers, hooves, and patches of fur piled in the front of the altar. Uh, first nat one. Uh-huh. Good roll, good roll. Well, I got that out of the way. Still a 24 result. Um, you can hear uh, the echoes of what sound like conversation from... The South Passage. Can I hear what they're saying? Do you speak giant? I do. All right. Uh, they're talking about how the the food's bad. Mm. They're waiting to go out and conquer the the lowlands to get some better food. I think I might back off again where I came from and, and tell the others that we've got more company. So can I backtrack or do I have to do something? No, you're fine. Okay. Well, I see Yurik on the way back, so I'll I'll just tell her while I keep going back. Well. What kind of giant were they? Did you see? I, I can't really hear the type they are, but they, they were definitely talking giant. And something about they wanted to conquer the lowlands. You think we need to do something about them? I'd say so, yeah. I figured we could wait for the others to show up and tell them and deal with them. Uh, just letting you know, Barmy, we got company uh, further into the tunnels. So just get ready. Yeah, we better wait. All right. Uh, it seems dwarves are fine, so the others should be here soon. What was down this way? Did you guys go to the end? Uh, no. I don't think anybody went that way. Not yet. Uh, we engaged those guys there, and then we went up here because he spotted these folks, and we decided to deal with them now. Okay. Seems like there's, like, five or six different branches to reach the end of. That's assuming even that those don't branch even further. That can be how caves work, yes. All right, so I'll just tell you, you know, tell you guys what I told the other two. Uh, there are giants up ahead. They were talking about bad food and attacking the lowlands. How many? At least two, for sure. Hmm. Thinking about the giants down here and how many we supposedly scried in rumors of an army. I'm afraid that one one of these times we're going to turn a corner and be confronted with dozens, so be careful. That's definitely a distinct possibility. Most of the groups that we saw through divination were camps on the surface, but who knows how many they have inside this place. True. And if that's the case, are there few down here because there's something hidden? Or because it's kind of an inner sanctum of sorts? Or some other reason? Well, a couple were smithing, so it's 
also possible they know about these tunnels and want to protect them? Could be. They were set up in a pretty defensive position earlier. Not that it helped them. Surely two smiths can't uh, supply a whole army, though. There might be others. Likely. Whether they're here or elsewhere is another matter, but... True. All right, well, we seem to have found something interesting, so... All right, so which way are we going? Shall we go say hello to some more giants? Well, I mean... Do you want to invite them for dinner? I was more, you know, convincing them that they really ought to not sound alarms. Percussive diplomacy, then. I like it. Just to the left here at the intersection. That's where I heard them. I'll try to sneak forward. Since I am a walking torch, I will not be taking lead from here. Yeah, probably a good idea. Eric, you want to sneak forward with me while and I give me cover? Sure, no problem. I just to get my bow and arrow ready. Give me a second. Uh, no worries. Don't need your right up close, just insight. I'm going to go in like 10 foot increments. Just let me know when I start hearing things. You didn't hear things there. From over here? No, south. Barmy, as you round the corner, it, you see this uh, brazier burning and uh, a spear set against the wall. And, and as you're trying to like just start to make concerted effort to see if there's anything else going on here, out from the gray of the walls, the, the brown and gray of the rock, steps a giant. She wears heavy bear skins over her shoulder. She appears to be old. And as she steps out of hiding, she holds out her hands, palms up, facing you. Well, you saw me and I see you. And I'm saying this in, in giant. Let's have this conversation with the words, right? In giant, do you speak giant? Yes. Okay, in giant, she says, I don't have much time, but know that if you are here to slay Machmurian, I am your ally. Come with me to a place where we can speak in peace, for I would aid you in your quarrel here. Without my assistance, you might find only your graves below Jorgen Fist. One moment. Uh, Uruk, get the guys. It's kind of a thing. Yep, I'm on it. And she rushes back. One moment. We're uh, acquiring our rest of our party, so to speak. Crack what I walk into. Guys, um, he has met someone who is willing to become our ally. They are talking in giant, and I, I don't understand a word they're saying. Could you come? Let's go. Quickly, quietly. As you guys are approaching to where Barmy was, you see a giant walking this hallway with Barmy following. Uh, says it wants to help us. Uh, didn't feel immediately offensive to it, like normal. Where are they going? Hey, where are we going? I'm not moving. Where are they going? Mm, sense motive. Ron will follow at a slight distance. They approach this altar and then stop and wait for you. An altar? Watch with Birds is going to be very quiet, but you will see many rolls. Yeah. So, identifying her and identifying the altar, uh, what religion, etc. Oh, my rolls today are just phenomenal. I'm still very sus. Oh, poor Uruk sense motive. <laughs> 
Not a people person. <laughs> no. Good roll, though. He's better than that one. Oh, all right. Sense motive. This will be fun. I'm waiting for them to say something before I try to sense motives. Whoa. <laughs> Marcus rolled a nat one on a sense motive. So did Marana. Yeah. Uh, no, I rolled a nat 20 on sense motive. Mm-hmm. So did Uric. That's impressive. Oh, that was your religion, right? And, oh, knowledge religion. Finn got a nat 20. This is not a religious altar. It's definitely a shrine setup, but it's more tribalistic. If there was any religion tied to it, it would be shamanistic. But it doesn't appear to totally be religious in nature. Oh, I was going to say we found the hidden Scientologists. <laughs> is there anything indicating, like, if it's shamanistic, is it, like, ancestor worship? Is it a particular spirit? Is it just... It is very much ancestor worship. Yeah, okay. And also kind of like gifts of nature's bounty back to the land, that sort of kind of idea. As you approach, you can see that uh, this giant that has led you here is uh, kind of nervous. And out of the corner of your eyes, every once in a while, you can see the paintings, the figures in the, these cave paintings here, dancing. As in moving? Yes. Neat. Those of us that were trying to identify her with knowledge local. She is definitely a giant elder. And Marcus will recognize her from uh, some of your past divinations as the one that was sitting next to Machmurian when he was giving out the orders to attack the lowlands. Uh, refresh my memory. Were those shared or is that just something that Marcus knows? Wouldn't have been a word-for-word word sharing, but the actual information about that he was talking with people and that, that we got as a result of that, like the conversations that we scried were like how we knew about the enemy on the standpoint and stuff like that. So those details got relayed. I don't think Marcus ever actually produced images of Mokmorian or this woman because he focused images on the actual places where we're going to teleport. Okay. Gotcha. She gestures for all of you to enter into this cavern out of the, the passageways. The other giants avoid this place. Quickly, quickly. You feel you can trust her, Eric. Oh, okay. Two's 20 cents motives in a row. Nice. Did Finn's detect magic pick up anything? Yes. You know that she is wearing magical gear. Okay, so that pinked. Okay. Yeah, but nothing in the room otherwise. Okay. Yeah, I was mostly just running because you said the walls are dancing, so... Yeah. The, the other giants avoid this place uh, due to my husband's spirit. He haunts this area where Machmurian slew him as a profane offering to our ancestors. His spirit is calm while I'm here, but you approach this place without me he becomes very agitated who was your husband the leader of our tribe his name was Benderek. i am kona uh, many of my tribe referred to me as kona the wise when machmurian first came here many years ago he created this shrine dedicated to our people's ancestral spirits 
but he became more and more obsessed with Thassalon. His interest in religion and tradition waned. After he returned from his journeys, the first thing he did in this chamber was to sacrifice Vendorak, the father of his own tribe. That forced me to comply. I have tried to dissuade as many of the youngsters as I could, but Lachmirian's power is rightfully real, and I can do little. Why has he not killed you? Because I have not directly opposed him. And yet you sit beside him. I offer counsel and hope to dissuade him from his reckless ways, but over these past few years, he's gone further and further astray. There's little that I can do now. We have a common enemy. If I am to protect my tribe, what remains of it, Lachmurian must die. And I have a good idea that you are here to do this task. So how are you going to help us? I can draw you a rough map of the caves. I know that Machmurian spends almost all of his time in the library levels below these caves. And I would request that any more stone giants that you defeat, if possible, please don't kill them. They are misguided, not, not fully violent of their own cognition. Is there anything that we could say that would help accomplish that? I've tried to talk to at least one, and he just wanted to fight and die. Sadly, no. They, they have brought their doom upon themselves through their own actions. If they make their choice, they make their choice. Show mercy when you can, but it's tragic. I will try. There are some things I can try. Maybe to better answer your question on why I have not gone against Macmurian. It is our traditions that a disposed elder may not directly oppose their new chieftain, their new ruler. Is there some sort of right of challenge? Depends on the tribe. Is there a right of challenge that McMurrin would accept and that the tribe would accept that's coming from a non-giant? No, only his death will dethrone him. And he claimed his throne by killing the previous chief, my husband. So anyone can claim the throne if they kill him? Any crude way of saying it, potentially. You must also be recognized, but it's another matter. Could you lead the tribe? No. Male only, huh? She nods. And I assume that by needing to kill him, there's no other form of justice that honor would demand here. You don't need to be the one to do it or anything like that, I mean. No, that's not necessary. Very well. If you have any questions of these areas, I will answer what I can, and I can offer some small magical boon aid you, potentially. I mean, you seem believable. If you were gonna counteract us, you'd have done it when you had me alone. 
What can you offer in terms of knowledge of these caves? Uh, as I said, I can provide you a map, potentially. And... The approach to the library, I would suggest you go from the west rather than the north. Uh, that way you don't have to deal with the dragons and the clerics. But there's more. What do you mean, more? The Lamias with two red dragons? Yes. Yeah, not a threat anymore. I'll tell you which direction we came from. <laughs> oh, she looks surprised. I did notice that you didn't come down the rampway from the passage above. How did you enter these caves? You also recently had a spider problem. Spiders? What? And red caps. There are other routes into these caves, but that's not important right now. If you took a route of spiders and red caps, it's probably a passage the giants wouldn't be able to use. Probably. The library that he spends his time in, is that a library constructed in these caves, or is this an older building? I don't know much about it other than it is below this complex. It is old. I hear that most of its writings are in Thessalonian, but beyond that I know little. Worked stone or natural? Do not know. You've never been there? No one's allowed. Not of the giants, at least. What other opposition are we likely to face on our way to there? Uh, there are the troll brothers that guard the passage. But once you're past them, all I know is that there's a library further in. They've been dispatched. Oh, I'm afraid I have not been as helpful as I had hoped I could have been. It's okay. Well, it does narrow down the list of possible threats. Is there anything else that you think we might need to avoid that we might have already dealt with? Have you been through the uh, kitchen? The what? I will take that as a no. She points off to the south, like through a wall gesture. Just on the other side of this cavern wall is a kitchen area where those that are allowed down here congregate for meals. So a large group of giants that way. I don't know about large. I've never seen more than uh, maybe a dozen or so down here at a time. The hall could seat almost 20, but it's never full. If you don't need to go there, don't. The ramp that leads up to the surface has many alcoves along its pathway. Dire bears are stored in those alcoves as uh, makeshift stabling is... That's not the right word. A den? Other than that, it's not well guarded. There's not much expectation that people will be using the ramp other than those who have Mokmurian's favor. To be clear... When you say stored, you, you mean that they are alive, living, breathing, prepared to fight intruders, as opposed to anything else? Uh, yes. The Dyer Bear's livery is in these alcoves. Yes. Okay. 
Are they trained to just not attack your people, or is there a, a particular means of, like, they don't attack people carrying a particular flower or something? For the most part, they won't attack stone giants, uh, but they won't listen to just any stone giant. Uh, only designated handlers. Right. I've not seen any ogres or hill giants attempt to work with them, but I don't think it would fare well. They're too brutish, too rough to handle them with the finesse needed. Okay. What can you tell us of Mogmirian's powers or prowess specifically? He had magics before he left, before his exile. He was gone for many years, but when he returned, his power was so much greater. And then in these past few years, after discovering the library here, he's grown even more. I think any secrets to his abilities might be able to be found there. Though you may have to go through him to... In the same place we're likely to find him. He's not always there, but... Do you know of any weaknesses, any names that might give him pause or ways that he might be susceptible to attack? If I knew of any, I would have tried to exploit them sooner. Hmm. The rest of this complex, does McMurrian make use of it himself or is it primarily just the library? Primarily the library. He meets with the Lamy ever so often, but for what purpose I do not know. He does not worship the Mashtu as they. I don't think he worships any gods anymore, since he's given up his... He's, he's just zealous about the ancient Thessalonian ways now. I don't know about any gods. The Lamy you're referring to, were they the clerics, or is there, are there more Lamia? I have seen many Lamia come and go. I don't know how many exactly are here. I've seen ones with snake tails and the lion bodies. So they visit and depart. They don't actually stay anywhere in particular within the complex. He mentioned once that they were a gift by his master. What do you know of his master? If there's anything that he worships, his master would probably be... Do you have a name or... No. I believe he met this person on his journey. But you have never met them. If we no. kill Mokmurian, do you think that will let your husband's spirit rest? I hope you so. You mentioned a magical boon. Would you be willing or able to join us to confront Mokmurian? No, I cannot. I understand. You believe if Mokmurian is dead, the gathering here will disperse? In time. Uh, I'm sure a few of the young ones will attempt to take up the, the mantle as it were. Try to lead the charge and reclaim our lost lands as they say. They will not accomplish this. There's something about Mark Murray and 
that drives these children, but it isn't a loyalty. It's more of a combination of his gilded tongue and a fear of his power. So he's promised them glory, in other words. Things that they cannot obtain on their own, yes. Things that no one trying to usurp him would be able to produce. Is there anything else that you could tell us that might be helpful? The the spire in the middle of the grounds above here contains a nest of harpies. These harpies were here before Machmurian and have studied the ancient ways of the Thessalonians that existed before. I have communed with the stones here, and this place was once the home of a sect of monks. These harpies have trained themselves in the monk arts, so they are exceptionally dangerous. Would you suggest that we take care of them first? Do you think they would have any tools that we could use? I don't know what lies in the tower, but it is definitely ancient and may hold some answer for you in your dealings, but I really don't know. I'm mainly warning you so that you might avoid the harpies, not so that you can better fight them. Looking to Marcus, that might give us more knowledge that we can use against Machmurian, reveal some weakness or some such. Certainly possible. At the very least, I'd expect what the harpies have found will be likely tied in some way to what the library is or does if this entire complex was all of the monks you're communing with the stone about this place did it reveal anything else she shakes her head no uh, there is a particularly aggressive giant that has been given reign over this lower area Lockenseer his name. Lockenseer? Yes, he, he is a Jontenblood hill giant. Very dangerous. She points off to the east. His chamber is off that direction. Apart from meals and doing rounds, that's where he can usually be found. Again, I give you this information so that you can avoid him as much as possible, not so that you can march off and face him immediately. If he is, as you say, would he not be a threat? Would he not be someone who would try to lead the tribes to glory? He may try, but... Well, he may inspire fear. He cannot lead. He can only bellow and threaten. The major part of our purpose is to ensure that the attacks on the lowlands stop. Is he likely to be a threat to the Lowlands? On his own? Maybe to some small degree? But he is not likely to rally an army or even a disaffected group and lead it. I would be surprised if he could gather as much as even a clan. Is he someone who would respect the ways of the tribe? No. No, he is a hill giant, not a stone giant. Okay. 
looking to the, the rest of the group. I suggest we go to that spire first before we try to confront Machmirian. What does everyone else think? I thought the suggestion given was to avoid the other stuff. The information there could be invaluable. At the very least, could help give context to what what he's doing here. Do you know how long this place has lain undisturbed before McMurrin found it? Well, there's always been things living here. Undisturbed makes it sound as if it were abandoned, which it never really has been. Fair. I guess what I'm trying to ascertain, which you may not know the answer to, is whether or not anyone or any thing else uses the library, or if it's just McMurrian. She shakes her head no, and then with a heavy sigh, afraid I really don't know anything about the library. I'm not allowed to go there. I know it is past the Troll Twins. You say you've already dealt with them, so... There must be some sort of kitchen or something there. McMurian has disappeared in there for weeks at a time, so perhaps there is more than just a library? Yeah, okay. What are you guys doing now? Have more questions or are you headed off in some direction? I do believe you had mentioned a boon. Out of character, yes, she does say that she can help you magically in some way. But looking over her spell list, she can't. <laughs> right, what? Sounds like she was given a standard NPC mook spell list. It, it's definitely uh, written in here that she offers spell assistance. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you lied to me, stamp. <laughs> so do we figure out what we're doing next it's uh the least likely to alert him the person to our presence I can scout the tunnels well you mentioned going to the spire with the harpies and I uh, aren't they loud and obnoxious yes generally I don't care so much about the harpies I care about what they're sitting on what knowledge they may have. And how it ties into with what Mark Murrin's doing. Hmm, yes. And maybe what other people have been doing. And you think he got hold of that information? Some of it he undoubtedly got here, some of it he may have gotten elsewhere. But until we look... Yeah, until we look we won't know. But they had been here longer than... Mark Murian? From what we've been told, yes. I am going to go ahead and cast Insect Spice. I only brought it up because I was slightly concerned that they might notice if a spire of harpies goes quiet because we end up having to deal with them. Or if the harpies get really loud because we're dealing with them. Then the obvious question, do the giants care about the harpies at all? Are they likely to notice? Hey, Furtive. FYI, I seem to have gotten an almost infinite vision range. 
Yeah. You cast insect spice. Oh, okay. That's one way to do that. Yeah, that's how I'm dealing with that. Okay. That, that That's fair. Is that applied to everyone or just me? Technically, it's just you, but yeah. Yeah, I guess the all. Everyone can see it? Yeah, because you can relay information and let everyone know as needed. Yeah. All right. There you guys go. Holy mother. Yeah, I saw it too. <laughs> I can see my house from here. <laughs> you don't have a house. I get it. Okay. So presumably it'll take your scouts a little while to come back with this information for us. Um, given this area, I would say maybe 10, 20 minutes tops. Now the question is, do they continue down to the library? My intent was to go and see, yeah, what's that actual route to the library like? And then if possible, you know, maybe scout the way to that spire a little bit. Okay. To at least see threats along the, that route on the ground. So they'll be going up the ramp as well. Yeah, I get three, three insects and I can mentally shift my perception through them and give them mental commands. And it lasts, I mean, all told two hours. It's a 10 minute per level spell. Oh, okay. So yeah, you can easily have one scout this area, one go up the ramp and one go to the library level. Yeah. Okay. While we're waiting for that, a question to our guest. Is there anything you can do to get any of the giants out of our way? No, they don't listen to me in that way. The Jorgenfist main area where the spire and whatnot is at, Mm -hmm. should be able to see now. I can. The spire where the harpies would be and whatnot is this spire that I'm painting on here with the rock and also a 14 which is the very large ancient tower both of those have harpies within them in that pit i'm assuming that's where we are yes in the very middle but it also does look by this map that going to that spire is not going to be quite obfuscated yeah yeah i mean if we play our cards right those tower sentinels are probably looking outward and then the door with the two frost giants or whatever that very well may be closed so we might get actually lucky and if the mammoth and the stone giant are like i don't know in like an animal handler thing maybe it's training it or something otherwise it could be distracted and then for the jorgen fist library area you will not have a full reveal Mm -hmm. closed doors and rubble concealing is preventing your uh, beetle from doing more of this area Okay, and then you would have with the bug noticed a very large hill giant okay is uh, that sound like Logan's here? Uh, no Okay, there is a rune carved into this giant's chest. What's it look like? It is not the Sahedron rune. Interesting. Can I identify it? It it is a Thessalonian rune. I know Thessalonian. Can I... Does it have like a literal meaning or is it just a magical symbol? It's a rune. I'll draw it out or 
make some sort of scribble on a stone wall. Yeah. Would those of us seeing said scribblings recognize the rune? It's a rune. Okay, l- let me rephrase that. Can we check if this is a rune that would be used as a focus for enchanting? Is this a rune that is used for writing? Is it... etc. Show to players. Show to everyone. It's it's a rune. Or a set of runes. Okay. So maybe we should identify the creature instead? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can do a local. You guys aren't seeing this, though. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Yep. You get two questions and identify a rune slave, hill giant. Okay. What is the significance of the rune? Numerous severe looking runes spark and flicker upon the rune slave's body, seemingly seared into the creature's flesh. One of the runes is larger and more prominent than the others. This is always one of the runes of Thessalonian magic. Although a rune slave's mind is dulled, its muscles bulge grotesquely as if barely contained beneath a layer of thin skin. And such behemoths move with unnatural agility for creatures of their ponderous size. A rune slave is a acquired template that's put onto any giant through a ritual. Uh, rune slaves are then bound to the master that enslaved them and the trade-off is that they become immune to fear effects, exhaustion and fatigue and gain a defensive ability of resist pain where they can continue to function even after taking great punishment they're immune to all non-lethal damage any effects that inflict pain such as symbol of pain, spells and whatnot they gain plus four bonuses to all their saving throws for those effects. But they gain a few weaknesses as well. Uh, Arcane decay. The symbols etched upon a rune slave's body put great stress upon their physical form, choking its mind and ultimately killing the giant in time. Each rune slave has a predominant Thessalonian rune associated with one school of magic inscribed on its body. Traditionally, this rune is of a school of magic directly opposed to the rune lord the rune slave serves. All of the rune slaves encountered here bear the sign of wrath upon their bodies as their brand of shame. The slow decay of the rune slave's mental faculties manifests as a gradual loss of life and sanity represented by the accumulation of rune-shaped scars all over their body. The disease has no additional effects or mental effects until these magical rune scars completely overwhelm their host, at which point the accumulated pain the giant has endured since becoming a rune slave is released in a fatal surge of unleashed suffering. All rune slaves are infected with this disease. Only a limited wish, miracle, or wish prevent or cure Archon Decay. But in so doing, removes the entire rune slave template from the giant, reverting the rune slave back to its base creature. Multiple successful fortitude saves only delay the decay and do not cure the creature of their disease. Arcane decay is inherited and non-contagious. 
Arunslave's land speed is increased by 20 feet over a base creature. Other forms of movement, such as flying or swimming speeds, are unaffected. And they also gain a special attack and ability and a few bonus feats. The special attack is called Arcane Surge. Once per day as a swift action, Arunslave can gain the benefits of the spell of haste for six rounds. Using this ability forces the giant to make an additional fortitude save against the arcane decay, even if it has already made its weekly save for the resist the disease. The abilities, the template changes, they gain an increase on strength and dex, but take negatives to everything else. Except fortitude, fortitude is unchanged. And then the feats, uh, the rune slave gains diehard and toughness as bonus feats. It is an ancient rite of ancient Thassalon, a ritualistic thing where a giant is essentially boiled alive in a giant cauldron while being branded with a rune, and that's what makes them a rune slave. The cauldrons are infused with necromatic energies. Any giant placed in the cauldron and then slain is immediately resurrected as a rune slave. I will share all this info. Number of HD? Well, this guy is a hill giant, so he has 10. Those are my two questions. Okay. I will point out that the giant here looks unique. Did I notice any other red caps? Or are they just GTFO? If you would have gone back into the spider tunnel and went out and searched through there, you might have seen them. No. Yeah, I figured not. I mean, the other natural question is, did I notice any particular treasures? That might have stood out to me. Yeah. This guy that you were pointing out is looking unique. In this room that he's in, it appears there is a stash of weapons or armor, some sort of treasure that he has taken from the spoils of war. It appears that there's a neatly sorted grouping of 33 shields, each marked with the name of a human, elf, or dwarf hero. Are they any names that I would know, or do they just appear to be, like, previous owner kind of thing? Uh, knowledge nobility. Do not have that. All right, you would not recognize this name. Is it a thing that can be described to others for other people to make the check? Oh, yeah, he could read the name off. Yeah, I'll, uh, describe what I'm seeing. Uh, of all the names... Anston Yagare kind of stuck out to you as like that's interesting most of them are just like one name or like a title of like some like heroic title or something but this one's like a first and last name alright Marcus you don't recognize the name but Marana does Marana the um, the name Anston Yagare stands out to you as that was an exiled bastard of the affluent Yagare family of Corvosa. Uh, she will relay that information. Maybe the nobles would care to have this thing back. Maybe not. I mean, he was exiled, but maybe this is a family heirloom that he took with him that they would want returned. They might want that back. It's not the most pressing issue, but it's something to consider, I suppose. Um, since you can share your senses through this bug, are you able to use spells like detect magic and whatnot through the as well? No. 
Okay. I will not go over uh, if any of these are magical or not then in this pile of shields. You can choose to receive sensory input from one of the insects, seeing what it sees, hearing what it hears. Okay. Do any of the items look like they're masterwork? I'm not trained in appraise, so I don't know. Ah, fair enough. This one shield that, like, he mentioned that, you know, it, it looks special. Yeah. But... It's a nobleman's shield. It's going to look extremely nice. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I think I'll end the spell. Okay. I will call out the, the big dude in the far upper right, just as existing. I think I remember her mentioning that one. Yep. So what route are we taking to where? The path of least resistance seems to be going directly back down this way dealing with the dire bears on the way up. I don't see a way around that. And then treasure hoarder whenever we would want to claim that stuff. I'm assuming the bottom of this pit here is just ground, like, or is it water or something? That is a good question. I don't believe I've read that description to you yet. The pit at the center of the fort serves as the primary entrance into the underground portions of the stone giant fortress. The ramp leading down into the pit winds down into the caverns below Jorgenfist. Even if you attempt to sneak your way down, you will quickly attract the attention of the dire bears. The pit itself is 80 feet deep. The pit floor is a tangle of bones and broken bodies, a combination of humanoid, giant, and even four dragon corpses. Intact corpses? Yes. Uh, flocks of crows, buzzards, and other scavenging birds swarm over the bodies, picking at the flesh until only bone will remain. Three of them are blue and one is red. So which way uh, do you guys want to go first? I'm of no opinion on the matter overall. We're going to have to take care of all of it eventually. Rox, you were the one that actually saw directly. Do you have any opinions yourself? Hmm. Since we have to ascend the pit, we're going to have to deal with at least the one giant and the bears and then if we get lucky at the top we can avoid notice going to the spire that would seem to avoid most resistance that I saw how do you suggest we do this the best way well my suggestion is to go to the spire before the library so nobody seems to have a better plan to be a bit more precise about it probably Go south a bit, visit the giant on the other side of the bottom of the pit, then work our way up the pit and make our way to the, the spire. So we're heading towards the bears and the stairway. Seems that way, yeah. Did you want to take out the bears first and risk being seen by the giant and an alarm being raised? Or I thought Walks with Birds said he wanted to take out that giant first. Yeah. Yeah, the giant first. Yeah. Uh, the giant can't be accessed from the, the ramp. The only way in is this secret passage, which is not really a secret passage. It's just like a curtain of uh, skins that when you look at from the ramp, looks like it's all blocked off or whatever. But from this side is easily like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just a curtain. So we could go back the long way back to around where we started before we got the dwarfs loose and we head up. So we don't have to go through the cafeteria. Yes. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. 
Do you mind if we shortcut our way over there? That's a lot of walking. <laughs> no, there's nothing that's going to obstruct your way, so no problem. But my immersion. <laughs> I will point out that we probably want to go in with a focus of quick and quiet or even tackle them out the window down onto the pit, maybe. Well, I might be able to handle quick and quiet. It'll all depend on dice. I'll just stay back. I am not quiet, so I'll hang back and go with whatever you guys want to do. Oh, I don't have stealth, but... I'll stay back for sure. Do you need to be stealthy? I don't know, do I? I mean, if you can soften your footsteps a bit, I can probably help you not be seen. But I only have one of those today. But as long as you don't break it, uh, it should still be good for sneaking across open ground upstairs. So. Alright, hold on to it for now. Well, I can gamble on the dice and see what happens. Oh, I could also try and use my knockout blow if I can catch him off guard. Well, I was talking about gambling a stealth roll with my magnificent plus one bonus. Well, let me know when you're ready. And we'll move in. Just kind of shrugs and waves a hand forward. So Barmy's going to clink, uh, slink along the wall as quietly as possible can. Nods as it looks like Uruk is going to watch the other hallway. He's approaching the curtain and listening. Uh, you hear muttering. He's talking to himself about battle plans on how to take the lowlands and how to lead his troops. Uh, this curtain that you said is hanging here of furs does it go all the way to the floor or does it hang loose in some spot or something like that uh it doesn't go all the way to the floor but pretty close I'm going to attempt to peer through and see if he's facing my direction he is looking down at a table it looks like there might be a map of the uh the Varigian coast is he facing away from me or towards me? Uh, he's kind of facing uh, th this wall. All right. I'm going to attempt to... I'm going to attempt to crawl underneath the gap in the curtain. I, I mean, he doesn't go all the way to the floor, but I'm smaller than most. Maybe I can sneak up behind him. Give me a stealth check. Oh, D20, don't betray me. He does not notice you get into position behind him. I'm going to attempt to thump him in the back of the head. Oh, but mm, I attempt to thump him in the back <laughs> with a knockout blow. My once per day brawler ability. Come on, baby. And this is against his flat-footed because he is unaware of you. You have just met what you need. Oh, Lord. Wow. That's pretty good AC. Um, mm -hmm. So even before damage, he's going to need to make a DC 21 or be unconscious for 1D6 rounds. Uh, what save is that? Fortitude. It's the giant. I know. He's probably going to pass. 
<laughs> God. Wow. That's unfortunate. God. He needed to roll a one. Yeah, he made that with a two or better. So, yeah. All right. Well, here's some damage. Fuck. This is clearly not just any guy. Well, it's worth a try. Sorry, guys. One round knockouts are hard. Yeah, I I even got a good bonus to it. It's just his fortitude's ridiculous. 25 points of damage. Well, I hit him, so I imagine probably doing initiative. Ow! What was that? Uh, nothing, really. <laughs> Shit. What a good initiative roll I had. The spirits are with us today. Oh, yeah. Oh, rookie. All right, Eric, you are first. There is a curtain between you and this person, so you do not have line of sight. Yeah. I imagine she just heard thump. Who's there? (laughs) I'll still move a bit. So if I had a clear shot, I would stand in front of him and then... Maybe I can't do that. It's a weird one. Yeah. Maybe hold shot in case you can see him. All right. Give me a perception check. Trying to avoid the 50% miss chance. She doesn't have that because of her feet. She just needs to select where to target. Oh. Thread the needle. Because it's not a door. This is just a fur. She can shoot through this. Would she avoid the mischance on an invisible creature? Yeah, she's got the improved. So she ignores concealment and cover bonus. Oh, okay. She just has to know where to shoot. By anything less than total concealment. So it doesn't get rid of mischance against total concealment. Sorry. Ah. So it would still be a 50% mischance then? Yes. Still, you're shooting through a fur at where you think the guy is. 50% chance to hit or not. Maybe the the thing like diverts your arrows trajectory. To me, that's worth the risk of taking the shots. Yeah. Especially when you, when you can pump out like six or so. Uh, 25. He is within 30. So you know that he's roughly just on the other side of this curtain. Business size, you think just shooting at the curtain, you're going to hit him as they go through. One thing that probably would have happened, uh, if Uruk was standing behind me in the hallway, I would have like gestured a direction with my hand before I crawled through. Yeah. Oh, I just noticed that nat one on initiative and the nat 20 on initiative. Great. You guys are awesome. Yep. Being all over the place today. <laughs> yeah. The first arrow is a potential crit with a potential confirmation. We will need to roll the the 50% to confirm the attack four has a potential to hit five and six do not. So we have two chances here. So we are rolling a D 100. Anything above 50 is a hit. Anything below is missed. Oh. The crit. Oh, the crit that hits crit. With its mini shot. 
the second arrow that might have hit just barely gets deflected from the movement of the curtain after the first arrow. First arrows. Jesus. So technically hammer the gap would work with many shot. So. Yep. That's 116 just from that first attack with the mini shot. 117 because hammer the gap. Oh yeah. And then the, what, 25? So two arrows does 117 points of damage. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Crit. Yeah, crit wow. Yep. Uh, now here's the fun part, Barmy. You've punched him in the back of the head to do a single punch knockout, which he resisted. And then Uric shoots in and hits him like almost in the temple with, with a few of these arrows and the other ones like go by his head. All part of the plan. He's still up. Oh, uh, that, that's not the plan. Um, it's now your turn, Barmy. <laughs> All right, we are going to do a fainting flurry. You don't need to. He's still flat-footed. He hasn't acted. But this will keep him flat-footed until my next turn. Yeah, okay. And for each of these times, I, if I do hit him, I will be trying to use my stunning hit. So he'll have to make another 21 fortitude, which would be easy. But he might fail. He might roll a one. He might roll a one or a two. No, he saves on a two. Does he save on a two? Yeah. It's a 21. He has to roll a one. Yeah, he's got plus 19. Uh, but I've got 14 per day and I've got 11 left. Why not? This is the time where it would matter. Stunning fist for days. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, balls. At least maybe the faint worked. So, yeah, the faint works, but you miss on everything else. Oh. All right. Well, he's still going to be flat-footed to everybody else then, even after his turn. So, until my turn. So, that's good. But he'll be flat-footed to Uruk next turn. <laughs> oh, if he survives two rounds of the tank. Okay, Finn. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to hold a standard for, you know, if he comes out of there. So I can just fire something off. Okay. Finn has whispered his attacks or yep. his intentions. <laughs> <laughs> Walks. Um, I'm going to hold and only come off hold if the giants down the way get alerted. Okay, uh, his turn. He's gonna pick up the heavy pick, sitting on the uh, next to the table beside him. Does that provoke? It does not. Just equipping him a weapon, because a, a weapon isn't considered an item manipulation if you have more than a plus one in your base attack bonus. So it wouldn't provoke. It's like drawing a sword. I tried, Barmy. It's all right. Uh, he's is then gonna. Uh, Turn around in his chair and try to hit you with the uh, pick, Barmy. Ah, I'm going to try and dodge the side of his chair. This is going to be a full attack on you because he is adjacent and drawing a weapon does not count as a move if you've got the plus one. You, you can do it as like part of your, your, your move stuff, whatever, by foot. Full attacks, here we come. All right, so on the, the first one, I did do the exploit maneuver, which I didn't need to. Uh but he definitely missed on all three. 
Yeah. Um, I did not roll well on any of them. I did not roll above 10. Now you know my pain. <laughs> but now I'm going to try and hit him in his legs since he didn't get up out of his chair. Attack of opportunity for missing. Go for the kneecap. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. It's at eye level, man. <laughs> Sweep the legs. <laughs> hey Buddy. Ooh. Buddy. Shin attack. Nat 20. Knee capped. Uh, that does hit. <gasps> Roll to confirm. Oh, yeah, that. That will not confirm. Would my exploited maneuver have helped? Did I beat a CMB? Uh, no. Okay. Damn. I didn't confirm, but there's that. And then there's the second hit from hitting them the first time. Watch out. <laughs> Roll to confirm that, Nat 20. That will confirm. <gasps> Kneecap. Ignore this sneak attack on the second one. God dang it. And that'll be two nat ones on your fortitude, please. Yes! <laughs> Go to sleep. He made the 21 DC. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. me. Yeah. He rolled the two. Oh, <laughs> so close. Fuck yeah! Fuck me! He saw the same number and he's like, yeah, I win! He's like, no, not... Sorry. Damn it! my shorts! Damn it! You're so hyped. I was... I would be so happy if I'd knocked him out on his turn. I think you would have been happy if you knocked him out, period. Yeah, I know, right? Even stunned for one turn makes such a huge difference, because then you just get to fuck his world up. <sighs> Disappointed! But I created him twice. One and a half times. Well, that didn't work. It's 95. How? Uh, what are we having? That's my damage. Yeah, I'm getting seventy-five. What? You okay. put nineteen so. plus forty-three plus thirty-three. That's ninety-five. I'm just adding up the numbers you put 17. in there. Plus seventeen. Five plus eleven plus sixteen. The sneak attack doesn't multiply. Yeah, I'm getting 85 as well. I was just adding up what what he put in the chat. You don't trust what I do. It's bigger than the thing, so I was going with it. Yeah. 10 plus <laughs> 6 plus 17 plus 17 plus 5 plus 11 plus 16 plus 3. Uh, we can all agree, however, that it was more than 20 points of damage. He is dead. Oh. I knocked him out on his turn. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. So he is actually dead dead. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Barmy pokes his head out of the curtain. He's down. Good shot. Uh, honestly, we both of us crit him three times total in that first round. Uh, one wasn't confirmed, but still. <laughs> that That's a ambush. 
gear that this guy has on him is a potion of heroism, which you did not give him a chance to drink. A potion of gaseous form. An oil of darkness. He is wearing a plus two breastplate. Has a plus one light steel shield. And a plus three heavy pick. He is also wearing a cloak of elven kind. On him is 19 platinum, 18 gold, and 13 silver. I think his body would fit through this door, right? What are you doing? I was going to drag him out towards y'all so that the uh, we had the last time for the bears to notice me. What? Why would the bears notice you? I don't know, because they're bears and they do smell things. You're the druid, you tell me. You're just making up shit, dude. <laughs> they do smell <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mind of a barmy. <laughs> I was in ambush mode. Don't be suspicious. Uh, okay. Uh, this person's wealth is mostly invested in his gear. But he has an impressive collection of scalps and war trophies, including the preserved head of a frost giant, the beards of 100 dwarves, each neatly bundled and secured with a silver ring. Damn. The ring is worth 10 gold each. That's a thousand golden rings. Part of a marsh giant's grossly elastic but impressively tattooed hide and bits of broken and dented breastplates from the plate armor of a dozen different warriors. Each one of those is worth 20 gold. His favorite collection is a neatly sorted group of 33 shields, each marked with the name of a human, elf, or dwarven hero that has been defeated in single combat. Marana has already identified the Anston Yagere, the exiled noble from Corvosa. This shield is magical. It is a plus one arrow catching heavy steel shield. Nice. Well then. Okay. That sounds like a pretty good haul. Do we find the thing that uh, we were looking for from that family? Is it among this stuff? Yes, it's right here. It's the one we were just looking at. That we just. Oh, the shield is the heirloom. <sighs> she just reaches over and pats Barmy on the head. Maybe maybe we should give back the beards so they can mourn the dead if they do that. I mean, we have a bunch of dwarves here we can ask about the beards. If you really want to know. Well, I, don't, I don't know their traditions, but so I was just suggesting out of respect for them. Rana just walks back out into the hallway, shaking her head. She she has no words for this. What do you suggest we do, then? Take whatever we're going to take and move on. We wish to be going upstairs next, I believe. Barmy gives a, an enthusiastic and quiet fist bump to Rook. <laughs> nice shot. So he's shortcutting back on the map to... Long way back around up the ramp. You have to go around. Jesus. <laughs> and that's a great place to stop this session. We'll uh, pick up next session with, with a, a bear fight, I guess, because the bears 
do smelly things. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah, apparently they do, you know. Turns out bears have noses. Who knew? <laughs> they can smell things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. We took the beards for the dwarves to mourn. <laughs> if they do that. <laughs> I had to mute. That one got me. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the time we have for now. To learn more about the show, the cast, etc., head over to wayward-expeditions.com.